0: Welcome to the Roll to Live podcast, friends and scoundrels. I'm Bran.
1: I'm Lynn. I'm Matt.
0: And uh, we're going to start talking about some stuff here. Uh, this is the first one, so it doesn't really have a theme. We're just going to talk about what we're doing here, what we plan to do, and the future of all our channels and our brand.
2: All the good stuff to come.
0: All the good stuff to come. So first off... Talk about our goals for the podcast and what we intend to do. So, we're going to have some separate shows for role playing uh, War Machine Hordes and Star Wars. Uh, role playing is going to be kind of a little bit general because that fits in. A lot of that stuff can fit in with any role playing game, but mostly we'll concentrate on Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah. Because we're finding as new players and DMs that getting into the role-playing aspect of it is actually a little bit of the harder part than learning the rules in general.
2: Yeah, there's a level of comfort and fear that a person has to come over before you really start getting into too much of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's... um, Part of the point of doing this, too, is to look at it from new player, new DM standpoint. There's a lot already out there from... There's a lot already out there for people who've been playing for several years and they're experienced and have gone through many of the iterations and they know they already kind of know how to do this stuff from a new dm and a new player you know having that information is nice and dandy but when it comes down to it how do you actually employ it
2: yeah a guy can look up anything any rule you can think of but actually in the moment trying to put it into a into an actual game is a whole different ball game
0: yeah, so that puts us on one of the shows that we're going to do revolving around that. Which For now, we're calling The Noobs. I kind of like it, but we might come up with another name for it later.
2: Uh, what was one of the other shows? We are doing the uh, War Machines and Horde battle reports. Yeah,
0: which for the actual battle reports, those will go up on the YouTube channel because it's kind of entertaining to watch the figures move around and see how things are interacting with each other. Might try to experiment around and do some things that haven't seen other people do. Um, But for the podcast itself, we're going to... do a battle report report, I guess. And talk about how the game went and our tactics tactics that we used, if I could, words. (laughs) And, um... Things like that. Um, Touching back on the, with the uh, role playing, uh, we're going to do campaign stories too when things can be a little bit more entertaining. That's a goal down the road. Um, Right now, we're all very much inexperienced and also we're having a hard time finding people to sit down and play with. So that's kind of holding us back a little bit. And Then also we're gonna have a rules interpretation. A lot of people talk about the rules and what the book says and how to employ it, but I think more importantly is to talk about interpretation of the rules, because that's more that, that's more of the directive from the creators or the creators of the current edition of the game is this is just a guideline. You know, do with it what you will.
1: Interpreting the rules, a little bit of how we do it, house rules, and how we expand on what's already there.
0: A little bit of homebrewiness, and we'll definitely talk about what the book says, examples that we've seen in, well, now that D&D has a media form, you know, that's mainstream, it's a good time to start doing that.
2: It's easy in a game for the rules to get jumbled up, and sometimes the rules just don't fit. and need to be changed a little.
0: Sometimes yeah, in the moment... Yeah, they don't work, they don't
1: fit your play style.
0: Sometimes in the moment, it's okay to sacrifice the rules to make a good story, too.
2: And that's the best thing about D&D, in my opinion, is it's versatile. You can, if the rules need to be changed, it's pretty easy to do.
0: Yeah, and especially with the new system being open, there's a lot more room to do that. Um... yeah checking back to the war machine hordes um once we become more familiar with the rules we'll start talking about some tactics and we'll do the battle reports um and then i think it's another place to have some rules interpretation because we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth detail but we've noticed being brand new to this that there is a lot of possible confusion for people if you don't have anybody to guide you.
2: It's definitely very complicated for for newbies.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, straight out of the book, straight out of the box. It's definitely easier if we had someone who played it before.
0: Yeah. Um, But again, we'll get back into that a little bit later in a little bit more detail doing kind of a review of the game. Um, And then there's Star Wars, because everybody loves Star Wars and we are all huge Star Wars nerds here. I suppose we're more geeks than nerds. No, I nerd on Star Wars. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I go go all out on Star Wars, so... Um,
0: Again, that's another place where there's a lot of games, there's a lot of rules, there is always bound to be some confusion, so we can talk about some rules interpretation there, too. Um, And then, again, we'll do some battle report reports after we run a campaign or skirmish game for you to come in and talk to talk to you guys about how that went what we liked about that game what we didn't but also star wars there's a fantasy flight has really grabbed onto this franchise and there is a lot of gaming opportunity with it with you know imperial assault that's what we're gonna start running first we got edge of the empire and there's some expansions with that with role-playing games and then legion coming out sometime in the near future um, either by, dis- by Christmas or shortly after. And I'm really excited for the- that game. Really excited for that game myself and you know there's definitely a lot to talk about there with the Star Wars games. So our schedule going forward, starting with the podcast um, for what we definitely want to try to get out is some the podcast and have a few different shows that, that we can do with that. So that way, there's plenty of entertainment for people, and hopefully, a lot of knowledge to come out. <laughs> Seems knowledge, a little oxymoronic, right now. <laughs> oh, there's definitely going to be a lot of nonsense.
2: Yeah, dad is going to be a given.
0: <laughs> um, next thing, we're are in the process of running online games right now. Um, couple on well we've got you guys have your wednesday game on roll 20 that was
2: tails of the awning portal
0: yeah and that one's going to be pretty uh pretty standard for a while because
2: seems to be everything seems one. scheduled okay with that we lost a player but we gained one right away so we're continuing on yeah there's yeah.
0: definitely seems to be no Lack of players on (laughs) Roll20. There's definitely more players
2: than DMs. It's it's easy pickings for a DM. Yeah.
1: Which is good. I'm glad we're finally able to find a campaign to stick with. Not the
2: start-stop problem we have in real life. four different druids that all don't make it past level 5? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we're going to start one on Friday for Tomb of Annihilation. Um, That one's not going to be as strictly scheduled because my personal schedule with work is going to determine when we're capable of playing. For the time being, it'll be Fridays. It might change to Saturdays, might change to Tuesdays, who knows? (laughs) Depends on joys of working retail and being at the um, expense of other people's schedules. That's the wrong word there, but whatever. You know what I mean.
1: what happens when life gets in
0: the way of gaming i know right it's what happens when life gets in the way of where i want my life to go um i definitely plan on doing some crafting videos i know i've said that a few times i've had some bumps there but we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute um definitely going to do some tutorial how to to get started Uh, i might just do some quick tips and some little quick jobs too in there for um, I want to make some stuff for Imperial Assault, just so that way it's easy to remember where things are. Um, you know, the less things you have to worry about in a game to remember, the easier the game is to play.
1: You just forget where walls are.
0: Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> yeah, that wall Kind of like stays. real life. I've
2: seen you run into a few. Not as many as you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's glass doors. Sir. They're invisible.
0: Um. But, yeah, so... There's definitely some more content to come in the future, and uh, refocusing a little bit to do some Imperial Assault campaigns and skirmishes, which brings us to our YouTube channel updates, and we'll get a little bit more into that. Um, I have had some personal schedule changes because of work that have interrupted my ability to do things. I've got a guy on vacation right now, and... My schedule at work doesn't leave me much room to do things right now so i've gotten a little bit behind but other than that here in about a week or so i should be able to get back on schedule as far as the crafting i had some stuff ready to go but i lost some of it and that's part of what set me behind we had to reset our computers and somewhere in there some videos got lost the first video that we were going to do <laughs> got a lot so of
2: technical issues
0: Yeah. Storm King's Thunder has been put on hiatus because we've had problems getting players that we can sit down and pen and paper with.
1: It is much harder to schedule games in person than online.
2: The convenience isn't there. It's just...
0: Yeah. um, There's definitely a convenience factor that comes in with uh, playing online games, and I think that's something we might be able to talk about in a future episode. Um... But also we live in a really small community where there's just in the last few years been any kind of gaming community grow. No. Yeah. You know, it's very rural, very agricultural heavy area, so a lot of the people who would be able to get into the game spend a lot of their time in the fields and
2: Most dealing people around here just don't understand what it really is or nor have they ever tried it.
0: Yeah. It's, very, well, I don't know, this community is weird, because you have a lot of conservative-minded, traditional-minded people, but then you also have a lot of so open-minded that they don't care about anything kind of people, so there's not really much middle ground. It's either one end of the spectrum or the other. <laughs> um, so that that's created kind of a hindrance with that, and I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, lack of understanding, or not not necessarily lack of understanding, just lack of experience playing and playing with new people. You know, Lynn and I have been playing for a little bit, but that was with our kids and our house, because we knew we were moving back here soon and didn't want to get involved with too much.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played with adults in a group.
0: Us being new getting brand new players that we have to teach the rules to and you know that's one of the more important things up front is getting people to understand the rules having but it, uh, having
2: a dm who's never actually played the game up until you guys came down always wanted to but <laughs> never had the opportunity
0: yeah i know so, i wish i wish we'd have had the capability when we were in high school our lives would probably be much different by now <laughs> yeah i'd definitely be
2: a lot better dm than i am now
0: well, it's, in general, our yeah. lives would be different. We wouldn't have gotten into so much other crap. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, getting getting people to understand the rules gets in the way of role-playing a little bit and disrupts the game, and it's not as entertaining. And So until we're more comfortable doing those things and everybody that we're playing with is more comfortable, you know, we're There is that lots ideas. of
1: start and stop yeah. currently.
0: Yeah, we tried to do, record the first episode, and it just... It fell apart quickly.
2: But we've come miles <laughs> since then. On already, honestly.
0: Yeah, you guys playing more has helped.
2: Roll twenty has been a huge building block for me as as a role player.
0: Yeah, as a role player as a DM, I'm sure it's helped you guys a lot. I'm usually getting ready for work as you guys are starting. So, <laughs> um, see here, what else? And then, um, like I kind of said we're putting Star Wars Imperial Assault up at the forefront for outside of role-playing games, outside of Dungeons & Dragons, as something else to focus on, because War Machines, we've learned, is quite complicated. It's going to take us a little bit longer to understand the rules, which is something that we can concentrate on, at least for a podcast, talk about our experiences with the rules once a week, maybe for a while, or whenever we play. It doesn't have to be once a week, but whenever we play. So that way we can help other people understand. I haven't seen a whole lot of, or as much of a community for that. I've had, you know, we've all three done our different searches and have had a heck of a time finding answers online. Uh, I know there's battle reports, lots of people doing, lots of people them but it's
2: it's very simplified. Nobody goes into the depth of the questions that we have. It yeah.
0: Seems. Well, that, and even going to the privateer press forums, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time when I did it, to be honest, so maybe that's part of where we're lacking. Maybe we're just not looking in the right places. Um, And I haven't looked into Warhammer 40K, so I don't know. I don't have much to compare it on, but it feels like there's a larger community for that because it's... Well, it's a lot more popular game, too. Uh, War Machine's a lot newer. Mm. It's only maybe 10 years old and Warhammer's been around for 30 so that makes a bit of a difference I just I don't have as much interest in Warhammer but trying to find these answers has been difficult and I was on the privateer press actual forums and other places looking for some of these rules discrepancies that we've been having a problem trying to determine what, what they mean so that's definitely something we'll talk about with War Machine before we start doing battle reports something to help us understand rules better, I think it'll really help.
1: Yeah, right now it's just, it takes a lot of the enjoyment out of it. The confusion.
2: It does, and... So far, every game we've played has had a game-changing fault that we didn't understand that could have changed the whole outcome.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even as as we get more involved with the game, which I suppose we're getting into our next topic, which is talking about Warhammer Hordes and, and... Kind of doing a review of the gameplay, definitely something to talk about from a new player perspective so that way people will have something to consider.
1: We have learned something every time we've played it.
2: The first game we did I think was like four hours and then the last time we <laughs> did about four games in four hours, so... Well, we definitely
0: got into playing multiple games um, after, what, four four sessions of playing? Um, or I think that was the fourth session where we finally got to playing multiple games at once. And
1: And that initial game was...
2: The one where I murdered your Warcaster in two turns, that was a good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one was kind of a fluke. That was definitely my fault. But um, going back to what you said about the game-changer moments, we're going to have... I see you know experienced people who've been playing the entire run of War Machine or Hordes still make those mistakes, so it's just a matter of either being hesitant about when to do it for them or, you know, just plain forgetting. Right now we're learning we don't have a guide to help us and I forget what they're called but, oh, it was almost there. Gang Pressers. That's what they're called, Gang Pressers. They're people who went around to the different shops in their community and they helped people learn the game. Um, From my understanding, watching other people, you know, listening to other people like uh, Wargamer Girl and some of her friends talk about Mark III, or the latest rendition, is they've gone away from the press gangers, and so you don't have that. But again, we're in a small community where we're removed from that kind of a situation anyways. Yeah, I almost guarantee we wouldn't have one here. (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't have one here anyways. We're kind of out here on our own trying to figure out how to do this, and it's been interesting.
1: It's a slow learning process, but I guess it does give us a unique point of view about
0: it. It does, and it shows us where we can have a little bit of a niche in this community and stand out amongst everybody else, which is something that, you know, when you're doing something like we're trying to do, you need to do. We've got a brand that we're trying to build for future endeavors and it's important to stand out but um, let's let's talk about our experiences with war War machine hordes a little bit more Um, I said the gameplay is very complex when in comparison to other games that we've played so far Um, you know I've watched frost great videos Uh, Battle reports for that and I was able to take that out and be able to play a game kind of um, Just from watching the videos you're not gonna get that with with this game
1: No, there's certainly a lot of very detailed rules and everything is very specific For how you do things, but at the same time in the written rule Digest it's also kind of vague on important points
0: It is and um That, I think, is one of the things that makes it the more complicated, is that the book itself is very unorganized. It's very chaotic. It's like somebody from Hordes wrote it.
2: (laughs) It seems like it goes from movement into combat, where they spend almost more time explaining the movement than explaining the combat, which the combat's a lot more complicated than the movement system. Yeah. It seems like some things get a little over explained and some things get underexplained.
0: Um, definitely I haven't looked through the rules book as deeply as you guys have, but trying to figure certain things out has been difficult. Like one of the main examples is critical hits. You know, anything doubles other than ones is a critical hit. And that's all the book says. It doesn't tell you what to do with the critical hit other than double sixes. Double sixes is, is an automatic hit. And I don't want to get too bogged down on this because we can save that for another episode, but it's just an example. Um, Last time we played, I think we really made some breakthrough or some headway with that. Um, I just happened to come across a couple other things that talk about critical hits. But again, that's something that I haven't seen in any of the other battle reports. I see people roll the criticals. I can recognize it if I'm actually paying attention to the video and not just using it as background noise. But then they don't talk about... If it means anything or not, they just talk about, okay, well, we got this roll, and it does damage. What are some of the other examples that you guys have found?
2: The special attacks and special actions are very confusing. There's a part in the book where if you look under special actions, it tells you to refer to another part in, the, in a, on the page. And when you find it, it basically tells you almost the same thing in different words on the first page. Yeah. There's really no difference in... In explanation on both of those pages, but it's.
0: So that's something. Confusing. Maybe we could uh, hashtag Privateer Press or tag them and get their attention to this, but, you know, definitely as a new player, need to jump around in the book from one page to another, it slows down the game, it makes it more difficult, it kind of takes the fun out of it. If I want to know a rule, I want to be able to open to that, you know, go to the index, open to that page, and be able to understand what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to have to go, you know, to page 43 and go, okay. You did a critical hit. Now go to page 55 to understand what that means.
2: It's a choose-your-own-adventure rules digest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I
0: hated those books as a kid. I thought they were stupid. I always cheated on them.
2: If you want a special attack, go to page 3.
0: Yeah, oh, you're attacking this type of fit model, you know, go to page 1. Well, why? why can't you just put it all right there?
1: Another example of something that wasn't well explained in the rules digest was the power attacks. How they're executed and the way they deal damage.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a couple special attacks that we've had, especially you guys, um, especially with Cricks. You know, how do you. It doesn't tell you how to handle those, and I know there's a lot of rules for individual models, so maybe including something with the model itself to help explain what that what it does better
1: That would actually be really awesome if there was just a model specific rule sheet that came with the model
2: Well even if you do the, uh, the basic training mission that they give you it doesn't address any of the special attacks, it doesn't address critical hit anything of that no.
0: <laughs> Yeah um, I think even in you know, Privateer Press, they they do try really hard to do this stuff. They want people interested in this game and they're reaching out there as much as possible. You know, one of the things that really helped solidify this for solidify playing this game for me, and I wish I really do want them to do more with this, is they made a short little animated video of Signar fighting Craigs. It was awesome, it was a very entertaining video, I'd like to know more about that individual story that was going on, it was very, there's a lot of lore to this, and they definitely pay a lot of attention to that, and that might be another reason why the rules book is so lacking, is that they put so much emphasis on the fluff, and the lore, and the background of everything, you know, like in d and D, a a lot of people spend a lot of time building their campaigns and their worlds, and they Go so deep into the lore and everything that all the other things that are important get
2: lost. Yeah, you but know, that lore has also been around for many, many years, as opposed to this, it's not as well known. And it's a lot harder to get into. I mean,
0: just in general, you know, is that comparison with a DM? You know, you hear that a lot. Where a person puts all this time, effort, and energy into building this world, and they build this campaign, and they have all these specifics for that. But they forget about certain elements, and so they get into playing it, and their whole campaign goes out the window. But they spend so much time focusing on all the fluff for it that they forget about what they need to do to actually run the game. Which And and that's a little bit of an unfair comparison, too, because there's a lot of improv, and you never know what your players are going to do. How many times have I screwed you guys up? (laughs)
2: There's so many times half, <laughs> half the things I prepare just thrown away or used for another time, and it's yeah, and it's just
0: one <laughs> little moment that I undoes all it, of though. that.
2: One, one decision can change the entire outcome. Everything you prep, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah,
0: but um, back that's to the
2: fear of of trying to get into role playing too.
0: Yeah, um, but back into the war machine. Um, oh, I forgot where we were.
2: Well, as far as War Machine, I've always been a fan of real-time strategy games, and the tactical chances, and... As strategy? Yes. The strategy. <laughs> Is That word that you just said? Yes.
0: Real-time strategy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the strategy of everything, I mean, that, that's the most appeal I have to this so far, and I think after you get more, more understanding of the rules and bigger armies, the tactical advantages and, and choices just could be un- uncontrollable, It'd be so much.
0: Yeah, um, and that's that's definitely, you know, we're struggling. I'm, I'm trying to stay optimistic with this because I've lost every game that I've played. <laughs> but, you know, it's a game. I'm not going to let it bother me. If I just end up not winning ever, you know, I can either stop playing or I can find another army. You know, we're not totally invested in this game yet. You know, we each have a battle box. Is what, $40? Um... But that's something I think too maybe it's a lack of understanding and this is a little off topic from our notes here but the battle boxes don't seem put together as something that you can play each other with very well. Because for my army you guys feel a little bit outmatched. Signar for the Signar battle box. You guys feel a little bit Overmatched for me, even though it's the same number of figures and stuff. You know, Matt, your Crick's battle box is very melee heavy and you can just almost destroy a model in one go. Where, you know, I got one or two hits with a couple of them and definitely learning a few things has helped a little bit. I definitely did better, a lot better those l- last couple games.
1: Yeah, that one where you played uh, me and I was running Circle, I forgot half of everything and didn't use a lot of things, but I still ended up just wiping the map with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely balance issues, especially if you're playing somebody that's on War Machine playing somebody, Hordes, or vice versa. It seems there's a lot of differences there that are...
0: Yeah, there are, like, um, the Signar battle box trying to play a hordes army. Most of my, not even my special attacks, most of the things that are relevant to my figures, to my models, don't affect the hordes because they're not running Battle Jacks. They're living, breathing creatures, essentially, and...
1: Well, it's the same with my circle army. There are attacks that affect living creatures, but you're just running constructs.
2: Well, there, there almost needs to be a book for that particular reason for fighting between War Machines and Hordes, because the War Machine book does not mention anything about battling Hordes, and Hordes, I'm sure, doesn't say anything about directly battling War Machine.
1: In the back of the Digest, there is a few pages about the rules of War Machine, the ones that are different, I the would expect.
0: Differences. Yeah, the you differences. You know, the fury and the focus, and couple other things
1: it's possible too once we expand and have bigger armies and you know who you're going against you can adjust your army accordingly maybe other figures in signar are better equipped to fight a circle
0: yeah and some of that might just and well i, I agree but i kind of disagree because some of that comes down to your own personal tactics you know what works for one person might not work for another but it's hard to say because we haven't gotten that deep into the game yet yeah. too. Um, We'll have to see. Now, you guys brought up a point before we actually started talking about this with... Um, well, let's let's finish talking about this first and then we'll get to that next point. Because um, I just thought of something with it. The difference between War Machine and Hordes, you know, the Signal Army mine are capable of disruption on half their hits which actually now that I've recognized that rule and if I start remembering to apply it can help me out a lot more with my army if I'm fighting other warjacks that has no effect on on the horde's figures or the horde's models and brings us to another rule and this is one of the I don't know if it's a compatibility issue or what but there's supposed to be a critical hit rule for disruption it's called critical disruption again that only affects
2: War machine.
0: The the jacks there's nothing on the war beast if it does anything to them, which you know you'd think at least a stun or something that that would be a comparable.
1: It's like there needs to be a supplement for altering how it affects war jacks versus
2: war beasts. Even if they had something kind of like your guys' critical hit and miss cards for D and D, where there is an effect that you, you draw randomly something to make a critical hit more useful.
0: Yeah, rather than, alright, you rolled a critical hit. If you roll two sixes and
2: it's a direct hit, a six and a five is most likely a direct hit, too, so what's so special about two sixes? Luck.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of those odds of rolling it thing, like with the D20 and, like, rolling a natural 20 in the role-playing games. It's not a very common thing, so it should be recognized and rewarded or whatever. Even though... Watching online games and stuff people seem to roll them an awful lot yeah not <laughs> <I> me <mean.
2: laughs>
0: not when it matters um let's see where we and you know I think a lot of the compatibility with War Machine and Horns will be a little bit more clear with some more rules you know I think that's our main hang up right now is that we just don't understand
2: the rules not a lot of clarification and there's nowhere to go find a good solid answer.
1: But we are working on it with the trial and error, error,
2: error yeah. as we play. Definitely more error. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, Definitely a lot of error.
0: But also, like, you didn't seem to have much problem with your figures getting them together. Um, I don't know if it's just a bad cast in, on a couple of my figures or if when I was cleaning the flashing off or whatever, but um, I had a heck of a time getting some of them to stay together.
2: I had a couple arms that just would not stay on.
1: From what I've seen, it's not necessarily bad casts. They just come that way, where it's just a very little spot where you have to try to get something to attach, and it doesn't work.
0: That was kind of true with um, the elbow joint, I suppose.
2: Yeah, there was about three times I had to clean all the glue off and just retry. Yeah. Until it finally stuck.
0: Um, I ended up having to go with one of my figures and get a good pen vise because the first one I bought was junk it's irrelevant right now but I got a really good pen vise and ended up having to pin it I wasn't planning on it but I had no choice because the arm just would not stay on I had to re-glue it back on three times that one day and it just it was frustrating Um, so going into the future I'll probably end up pinning a little bit more Definitely get all no. those
2: frustrating. I heard you overroll twenty <laughs> yelling, you,
0: yelling at your figure. Uh, that was
2: fun for everyone.
0: <laughs> I actually ended up punching stuff that day. It's been a long time since I punched anything out of frustration. The wall in my dad's basement. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the figures and you know, we'll see in the future. I I my personal theory with the battle box is they use this slightly different material too. Um I'd like to see them go to more of the traditional plastic if they want to do anything in the future different, you know, that works with the solvent. I, I have no plans to magnetize anything if I want to have different models from some of the other boxes. Um, this is one of my favorite things, doing some research into Privateer Press to figure out if I want to play this game. They sell a lot of the individual pieces. So, you know, you have extra legs and arms for some of the, model, for some of the Warjacks. That you can make different models with them you know it's different variations or whatever of that well, model kind of so you you know you just have to buy the body again so you have instead of having to buy that again and build them all different and have all these extra pieces you can spend 11 14 bucks whatever it is depending on the model to get another body oh, and you're good to go so that's one of the things that I do like about this overall I'm pretty satisfied with this game I know it's complicated and it's been a little bit frustrating But I have high hopes. Um, Hopefully we can get some expansion in our local meta to grow it.
2: I definitely see some issues, and I see it getting boring with just the three of us.
0: Yeah, and that's something that we can work on going forward. But, you know, do what we can with what we can. You know, we're not always going to be here, so. But when we were in Ohio, we actually had access to a couple game game stores. And, you know, every time I went in, I really interested in this game
2: we could always take some trips to cheyenne or port collins and see what we can get going down there too
0: yeah and i think i said something earlier we've got the mini con coming up in october um i'm sure we can find some people or get some people interested in it there definitely finds i think will be easier to find some people who are want to play D&D. <laughs> Yeah, especially I mean, if we run a couple games, we might put that up. I think if up. some
2: people actually sit down and see what D and D is, because there's just this stigma of oh, that's super nerdy and uncool. But I think if people actually sit down and see what it is for what it really is, they'll they'll be hooked.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, and talking about meta, that kind of brings us to our last point of the War Machine Hordes review that we're doing here, or talk about it. Um, as you know we've got a small meta here as far as we know there's just the three of us for a hundred miles who play this game it'd be nice if there was some uh okay direction of if you have a small meta and I think this is something that might have been lost with the press gangers too you know, how do you grow your army so that way you remain balanced with the people around you so that way you're not overpowered compared to the people that you play with Now, for us three, it's a little bit easier. We can do a little bit of research and and figure out how to balance that out. But, and there are, in your fluff book that came with the battle box, there is some growth idea. Like, it gives you some options to start growing your army, what would be the next, next best option. But, we don't know how that pales in comparison to other armies you know you might get the suggested for yours and just be like totally annihilate everybody with just those now it seems a little unlikely but
2: yeah but uh, i've looked many times at at new units and whatnot but i'm terrified to spend the money and then not really get to use them because like you said they're too overpowered or they're just totally worthless
0: yeah
1: It's something we'll be able to judge a little better once we're more comfortable and understand better with what we've already got.
0: Yeah. Um, definitely. I think. I think. Like I said, a lot of our problem with the game right now is this lack of understanding of the rules. Once we're able to break through that obstacle, um, I think this game will really open up and we'll be able to enjoy it a lot more. Well, I don't know about you, because there's still a lot of math, but there is a lot of math. <laughs> I, lo- I
2: love the tactical side of it.
0: Yeah, and honestly, tactics is something that's always been a little bit of a struggle for me in things like this, you know, doing paintballing or whatever. It's easy to go, oh, I'm going to hide behind that tree. They don't know. But when you're looking at a board game or a tabletop game down on the figures like they used to do in medieval times, you go, all right, what are the possibilities here?
2: I've played a lot of Command and Conquer and, and Age of Empires, which is just looking straight down at a giant battlefield, and I think that kind of gives me a pretty good advantage.
0: Yeah, and you know this is kind of very similar to playing chess, just a lot of extra pieces. Yeah,
2: you, you, know, you really might anticipate your your player's movements.
1: And it's something uh, that I have struggled with a little bit, for it is because I'm coming in from I've played D and D three point five. Before and I'm used to the co-op, and that's what I enjoy playing. So the one-on-one is holding me back a little bit too.
2: Yeah, you attack everybody every time I play with you. <laughs> you you've always had the potential for war gaming.
1: <laughs> I do not attack. I'm a buff player.
0: Um. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it for Warhammer. I don't have a whole lot else to say, at least not at the moment. There's plenty to say about this game, but.
2: As we should right save now, that
0: so that way people have li- things to listen to in the future.
2: <laughs> as of right now, I'm scared to go forward with purchasing anything until we understand more. But I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah,
0: and you know, there's definitely the financial holdback on it, especially if we've got, you know, we kind of jumped into this a little bit. We had a little bit extra money from some things and decided to use this as an opportunity to start building our brand and so there's places there's, there's lots of places for our money to go you know hopefully getting this channel growing and getting some of the stuff out there so that way people will watch us will help that you know alleviate some of that on us personally so we can start monetizing some of this somehow that, that is definitely one of the goals with this is to be able to do that um, but on the flip side let's play a little bit of Imperial Assault today you know Lynn and I played the other night a little bit on our own just to get an idea brought it over to Matt's today and I played a couple games. It totally
2: clueless and we picked it up in minutes pretty much and it was a blast
1: oh yeah it was super simple easy to pick up I thought it would be a little harder honestly because all the symbols on the dice and various things it would thought it would be confusing but it really wasn't
2: they do a good job of explaining how the dice work and
0: Yeah, um, there's definitely, Fantasy Flight definitely has spent their time, and I think part of what might help Fantasy Flight, if my knowledge is correct here, is that some of those people came over from, um, Games Workshop, so there's already a strong knowledge of how to build a game and what people want.
1: But I thought this game was really well fleshed out, for being just the core set before any of the add-ons.
0: For the most part, um... You know, looking at individual cards, I've come across a few things where there definitely could be a little bit better explanation. Um, the rules are simple, they're very easy to understand, they're very easy to read. But that's also kind of one of the flaws, is that they're almost a little too simple in some places.
2: It seems like uh, the Rebels are very overpowered compared to the Empire... But that might just have been the t- tutorial levels.
1: The tutorial uh, level, because the the one we played after, where we did the uh, f- thirty two point skirmish, uh, it was much closer. We
2: and we didn't lose one unit though, and we took all of his out. It was just that a, was barely a skirmish too. was the only too. thing he really had to do much with, but still, it was it. All was
1: also barely a skirmish. We were kind of just making that up to we, test yeah. out the allies.
0: That was more just uh, an expansion on the tutorial to understand the basic rules, how movement works, how...
1: Yeah. Test out the allies, use some of the command cards just to get a feel for it.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure things will be a little bit different once we actually get into real gameplay, do an actual skirmish, do an actual um, campaign module because, you know, me playing the Empire, I just had my... Deployment cards. I didn't have anything extra. You know, I got None one the crate influence. in that second piece.
1: You couldn't um, bring more guys in. Yeah. Which you can do in the campaign, so it'll make it a little more fair. In the tutorial and what we were playing, once we killed a guy, they were out. There was no opportunity to bring them back in or make them stronger.
0: Yeah. I mean. And I did want to build up a little bit better. You know, the tutorial, the actual tutorial for the game is definitely a weaker Imperial, but I think that's on purpose. This is also another one of those ones that's kind of designed for somebody to already have some knowledge with it. They're the ones who are supposed to play the Empire, and the new people play. So it's that press-ganger mentality of, I know, so I'm not going to be disappointed that my Empire Imperial forces get totally annihilated, and you're going to be like, wow, I just totally destroyed these guys. That was cool. Yeah.
1: And that's another thing with the tutorial, too. It was just a single mission. When you play the campaign, it's a whole bunch of missions, and you're going to lose some, and you're going to win some. And it's not... It doesn't make you the official winner. Yeah. Not until you get to the final one. So you're going to lose some.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's... Even with the campaign, it's not like there's a... Alright, Empire, this is... Exactly what you have to do and put these pieces here and you just shoot blah 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 blah. No, you're Kind of playing as an AI computer in the sense to put it into perspective for some other people like a video game where I'm deciding my own tactics based on what you're doing and you're deciding on your tactics You know, there's a war game mentality to it. It's just in a more controlled environment I think, you know, whereas a war game is just, all right, we're going to bring our armies and
2: yeah, okay.
0: duke it out with each other. That's cool and fun and entertaining, but this, you know, there's this, there's a purpose for it.
1: This did feel very much like a video game on tabletop, and I think that's part of what made it so fun, because there's the side missions, too, to get your hero, or not hero characters, your deployment, the main characters, your allies. Um, oh, like Luke Skywalker very much like in video games
2: it's definitely more combat than role-playing it seems
0: yeah um you know it's it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons a little bit Um, if you're running one of the um, pre-produced modules you know like Storm Kings or whatever but that role-playing element as far as rules and actual gameplay has been taken out of it, I mean, I'm sure if we wanted to, we could sit down and try to make it a little bit more entertaining and do yeah, that.
1: We could roleplay it, but it is taken out. So it is like D&D, but without the role play.
0: Yeah, It's, it's like it's, D&D,
2: but it really pits the players against the GM as opposed to the GM just making a challenge.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but, and you know, you've got...
1: Well, it's, it's got the tactics, too, that... Matt enjoys so much, you know. Different the different um, mission parameters that you have to achieve and how to best achieve them or defend against what the empire is trying to do. Yeah, so it does have that very much have that tactical
2: element too. It must just be the gamer in me.
0: But yeah, and the one of the other things I like with this game too that really brings me into it is the expansions. There's. There's already a lot. I, I don't know when this game first came out. I forget. But um, there's five five expansions and a sixth one on the way. Five or six, six or seven, something like that.
1: Best Vespin, the one I keep calling Twin Suns, but it isn't Twin Suns. It's Twin Shadows, hmm. uh, Jabba's, Hoth. So I think there's only four.
0: Okay.
2: But even on I that think, note, yeah. as, as it but stands right now, out. There, it looks like there's many hours of entertainment in that box.
0: Yeah, for sure. <clears> um, definitely.
1: And I haven't had a
0: chance to look through the campaign book yet, did you? I did. How many campaign missions are there?
1: Well, I didn't count them, but um, there's, for half of it, there's one per page, and then as they get further along, they become two page. Yeah. So there are quite a few of them. And, and then, I know in the expansions, the smaller ones. Um,
0: well,
1: the one I, I I'm still gonna call it Twin
0: Suns. from that. Twin of,
1: Shadows and Bespin are smaller, and they only come with four missions. But even that, yeah, there's a lot you can do with it with the side missions and all the Ally Pack expansions that come with missions as well.
0: Yeah, you've got the Ally Packs, which is something I was trying to interject there. Um, you know, Hera. It's not like you just go out and buy this figure and now you have Hera. For gameplay purposes, she has a side mission to specifically go recruit her and save her and bring her back and then introduce her into the game, much like you would do in a video game. That was some of my favorite parts of Ultimate Alliance 2, was happening to go out and recruit people. And, you know, we've just got a couple of the miniature boosters and we haven't gotten any of the actual expansion packs yet, so we can't comment on that too deeply yet but you know there's definitely a lot of gameplay opportunity here and you know this is the Star Wars universe this is just dealing with you know the original trilogy and you know a little bit before that or a little bit after right now you know they've got Darth Maul coming up soon so you get more into the prequels there.
1: And even with the core set and the campaign uh, even if you replay the campaign again, it isn't necessarily going to have the same thing happen. Uh, different things trigger different events, like um, the Aftermath, which is the first mission. If the Rebels win, it triggers another mission, versus if the Imperials win, then it triggers a completely different mission. Yeah. And it leads it on a different arc.
0: So something like how. Uh, what is that game called? Does Matt? Battlefront? No. Um. Mass Effect.
2: Oh, yeah. Where every decision you make has an effect on the outcome. Yeah,
0: except for the new one. I guess that one's pretty
2: crappy, but... <laughs> it, as far as that goes, it's good. But the, the animations needed some work, which they got a lot of that fixed now. But
0: Yeah, and you know, they do, from what I understand, Fantasy Flight does have some desire to expand out into the prequel era a little bit, and they have some desire, at least they've vaguely expressed desire to expand into... Rogue
1: One.
0: Well, that would still fall into Original Trilogy area. But, you know, we've already seen a new game come out that... uh, What is that, Rise of the Empire or whatever? Or it's an expansion pack in one of the other games, I forget which one. Um, But to go into the First Order era, the, the new material coming out in the movies... After Luke and Leia and everything, you know, the Empire's fallen and...
1: And the inclusion of Hera and C-110P and Ahsoka shows that they might be also doing some of the Rebels and Clone Wars Yeah,
0: because I I haven't looked, you know... Maul and Ahsoka and Palpatine are coming out in the future. Um, They're pre-order available at a couple of places. But... It's not like we're dealing with teenager Ahsoka, the annoying one. It's adult Ahsoka from Rebels. Um, I don't know about the mall if he's got the metal legs or not. I didn't look too deep at the figure, but or you know the details and stuff to know if he's got the mechanical legs and which version of his lightsaber he has. So, but given Ahsoka and everything, I would assume it's probably Rebels era.
1: Yeah, she is mentioned also in the information for the new expansion box that's coming out.
0: Yeah, it would be exciting to see where they go with this in the future. Um, it's definitely a way for them to keep their own brand growing and bring in more people to play some of these games.
1: And with, you know, new movies coming out all the time, that'll create opportunity for more games and expansions, yeah, too.
0: Yeah, especially we're getting into some of that, you know, where they're working right now with the game, it's easier for them to make stuff on that. But, you were saying something earlier too about versatility, or before we started recording, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really cool how you can play it as a war game or kind of as a role play game. <clears throat> something I think would be cool is totally doesn't fit story, but as if you could have certain wars from whatever time zone, say like First Order stormtroopers versus droids, just for. Like, you know, like a four-player... Just for around. Yeah, Yeah. Well, I think that would be awesome. And
0: I think that's something that the new game coming out later this year, early next year, uh, Legion is going to do. Again, they're focusing on original trilogy era, because that's the most prevalent, that's the most popular, it's what the most people like. They have stated there that they will grow, they just want to that central starting point to expand out from because um, a couple of the people who got to mess around with that at Gen Con were talking about, Hey, you know, it is that specifically let's get some first order troopers and go kick the crap out of some, um, droids, which the you know, would be, would be fun endless
2: for, for all out battles. Like you were talking the possible expansion of the four player all out battle. I think that would be awesome, you know, you you pick your favorite army and just throw your dice in and see what happens. Yeah. Not necessarily have to be so story driven. You
0: know, the other thing that's really nice with this too is how physically, with the pieces and stuff, it can fit in with Edge of of the Empire and some of the role playing games that they've put out, that fantasy flight. You know, that might have been by design, I don't know, I'm not them and I... Could do a little bit of research into it if I wanted to, but, but you
1: won't. It you doesn't
0: change anything. <laughs> it it doesn't doesn't matter with anything. You know, that's one of those little pieces of unnecessary trivia that it's fun to know. But isn't going to change anything. But yeah, I think I think this is a good place to stop for today. I think we talked about some stuff. Um, depending on what we're doing, this is probably going to be a little bit longer than most of our podcasts that we're going to do in the future.
2: Possibly. Words were thrown out there.
0: (laughs) No, it depends on how off-topic we get with
2: things. (laughs) So, Exciting stuff to come?
0: There are some exciting things to come. I'm excited to get this going. I'm excited, excited to finally have a focus and start working on this. This is what I want to do with my life, and it's always an adventure. To say the least. So, on that note, thanks for listening, people, and live to roll.